0: Welcome to the show, formerly known as every horror movie on Netflix, temporarily known as every horror movie on A24, but For just this night, this one shining moment known as every paranormal activity movie ever. I'm Patrick, and I'm here not with Chris and Steven, but with a whole gaggle of very special guests. I'm here with Allison with a Y. Hello. And from the It Slays podcast, our friends to the Northeast, Rowan. Hello. And Exilia. Hi. Over the past few weeks, the four of us have watched all... Seven movies from the Paranormal Activity franchise, and Chris and Steven wanted absolutely nothing to do with that mission, which I don't blame them for. So the four of us are here to review and discuss this whole franchise on a little double date episode. But before we get into the Paranormal Activity franchise, I want to start off tonight with a little horror catch up, as we usually do at the top of every episode Um, I'm going to be recording a regular, non-special Amon episode very shortly after this, so the listeners will hear my catch-up very soon. So I'm going to defer to y'all tonight. Uh, Rowan, Exilia, what have you all been watching or reading or experiencing in the horror world lately?
1: Uh, So I've done a couple, a little bit of watching. Obviously, I wanted to set my spooky season off right. So, uh, as always, I started off with uh, a little bit of Christine... Uh, to get the fall vibes going, uh, which was uh, fantastic. I watched a movie on Tubi that was actually pretty good called uh, 645, which was a direct-to-Blu-ray release during COVID that was directed by a former chief creative at Disney. And it's like this low-budget uh, you know, funny enough, we're doing this episode, kind of Christopher Landon, it, time travel slasher movie. Uh, but I figure what I kind of highlight that people may not think of as necessarily horror is uh, I watched the four newest Wes Anderson shorts that came to Netflix, which really are just Wes Anderson doing his version of horror. And... <laughs> They were fantastic. I was super impressed with this. I mean, obviously, like everyone else, I love Wes Anderson, but yeah, like they just have the, you know, his, his personality, his look to it, but they're actually like pretty like dark and disturbing when you get to the bottoms of the stories. So, uh, yeah, that's really all I've been watching horror wise right now. And tons of other stuff I won't bore you with because I'm talking about it on our podcast and people are going to be like, geez. Uh, what about you, Exilia?
2: So I watched Christine with you. That's the first time I've actually ever seen Christine. Yes. Um I don't remember if I f- saw the end. <laughs> I have a very <laughs> bad memory, but that was actually really good. I really really enjoyed it. And besides the billion paranormal activities I've been watching, mm. including the four that we watched today, oh um my God. It, yeah. uh, well. <laughs> the last horror movie I think I watched was for the for your podcast, Rowan Lone Wolf. You did some sort of oh, episode yes. on it mm. for the It's Lies podcast, <laughs> and it may have been the worst thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, a horror movie about furries.
2: Oh. But it wasn't even just about for like, it was you, I, I highly encourage you to waste an hour of your time and watch it. Cause I think my letterbox review just said no.
0: All right. So, uh, Alison, you know, I know last time you were on the show, you had a list of spooky podcast recommendations that our listeners love. Do you have any podcasts for us tonight?
3: Always. I am always nice. finding new spooky podcasts. Uh, My current favorite podcast, which might be now my favorite podcast ever, is called The Night Owl Podcast, and it is incredible. So it's actually, it's this guy's passion project. He, as a hobby, is a paranormal researcher, and he just, like, kind of fell into it and decided to create a podcast out of it. And it's not like going to a place and just trying to capture ghosts. He... Goes to these places and like the first episode of a location, because most locations that he investigates, there's multiple episodes. The first episode is always about interviewing people and their experiences and getting a bit of the history of the location. And the second episode is then like his team going in. And it's so interesting because it's really just getting the stories of the hauntings. It's not about trying to, you know, capture like spooky evidence. It's all about helping people and helping them understand what's happening so that they can have a better relationship with the ghosts that they live and or work with. And it's, it's really incredible. So that's an amazing podcast, the night owl podcast. And then for a fictional podcast, like a month or two ago, I listened to this audio horror drama called The Manawak Caves. And it's about this guy who, when he was younger, he, um, there, there was like a, a mysterious death in his hometown. And he gets kind of pulled back by unseen forces to investigate and look into it. And it was actually co-produced by Blumhouse. Mm. Um, yeah and it's really really well done very well acted very well produced it's television for your ears it's very immersive so yeah those are my recommendations the night owl podcast and the manawatt caves
0: all right well thank you everybody for your horror catch-up that brings us to the main attraction the reason that we're here tonight reviewing every paranormal activity movie ever And before we dive into reviewing the individual movies, I want to hear a bit about each of your backgrounds with this franchise. Uh, Personally, I followed this franchise pretty closely for a while because, as you'll hear, I loved the first one when it first came out. And I kept up with the franchise through the fifth movie, but then fell off until Allison suggested reviewing (laughs) the franchise for Amon. And usually this is my idea. Usually it's my... ...stupid idea to review every movie for a franchise. So I, I want to start with you, Allison. What was your past experience with this franchise... ...and what possessed you to, su- <sighs> su- to suggest that we watch them all for the sh-
3: Yeah, so I saw the first three in theaters. It was like a tradition for my younger sister and I... ...to go see all the all of them in theaters. And after I fell off, I was just curious... And I've been curious all these years, and then Patrick, when you were on it Slays reviewing the first two, I was like a little jealous and I was like, I really want to revisit that, but I feel like I need to watch them all and um, I apologize. For that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah, as you mentioned, um Rowan and Axilia and I have some history with this series. Um I was on an episode of their podcast, It Slays, which Amon fans should know these guys already, because we talk about them all the time. Rowan has been on the show a couple of times, but if you're not familiar with them, they have an awesome uh horror movie review podcast. Um and they're they're quite prolific. They review much more often than than we do. So go check them out if you need a fix especially between Amon episodes. But anyways, you guys reviewed Paranormal Activity 1 and 2 for the podcast a couple years ago, and you graciously invited me on. Um, and we had a blast. So I know that you two had at least seen the first two movies before I asked you to join in on this mission for Amon. Um, I, I guess I'll start with you, Exilia, because you went after Rowan on Horror catch Had you seen any of the other five movies before we did this for Amon? And why did you why did you want to jump on board for this? What's wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with me? That's a great question.
2: Um, no, because anybody who listened to the episode of It Slays knows that maybe I wasn't the biggest fan of Paranormal Activity, <laughs> and that perhaps is how Patrick and I formed the like greatest feud in horror podcast history. Mm-hmm.
0: Enmity. I'm- I would say there's enmity here between us.
2: <laughs> so after I watched those, I I never went back and, and watched any more until now. <laughs> and basically, Rowan was just mentioning one day how he was going to be on the podcast and Allison was going to be on. I was like, oh, my God, we should do a double date. <laughs> I don't know what was going on in my head at the time, but, you know, I'm here. I survived it. So, yeah.
0: You, you you were on board for the cute factor, basically.
2: Exactly. It's all about the vibes.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's been very cute <laughs> vibes so far. Rowan, how about you? How many uh, Paranormal Activity movies have, had you seen before doing this? What were your feelings about the franchise going in?
1: So I, I had only seen those two uh, when we did that episode. That was my first time ever seeing them. Uh, I was—I guess I was too much of an ed- edge lord or something. Like when these came out, you guys—you guys were watching Paranormal Activity, and you know, my mom was taking me to the hostel and stuff. So I—I—I <laughs> uh, I, kind of avoided it. I was like, ah, oh, it seems kind of like you know, like it's like a kids horror movie or something. And uh, yeah, like Exilia, I also was not a fan of these when we reviewed them. I mean. Maybe it's changed. Maybe it hasn't. We'll see. We'll see. And then the story of my life. I I own all these, and yeah. I've just never watched them. Uh, so it, it was nice finally getting to crack the old box set open and and actually watch them. I,
0: I remember we had a, a conversation when I was on your podcast where I, I nosed into
1: your finances to ask how much you spent on that box set, as if you would uh. remember. No, it was cheap. It's like the because I only got the like cheap Walmart one. I think it was only like forty bucks, thirty bucks, forty bucks.
0: Oh, a deal, a deal. Something
1: but at the time,
0: there like, were only there were only what six, probably at the time you got the yeah. Box. It, it, yeah. it was
1: the only, only six. It was pre-COVID BC. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: because I remember we reviewed... we I was on your show in twenty twenty one, and we were all kind of stunned at the time that a new one had come out just then. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, anyways, let's let's get into it. Um, as on our previous franchise review episodes, there's no spoiler room tonight. We're going to be doing relatively abbreviated reviews of these movies compared to our usual length, so we're not going to compartmentalize spoilers for each one. So if you want to preserve the mystery of what happens at the end of Paranormal Activity, the ghost dimension, this is not the podcast for you. We're going to go movie by movie here and we'll each give each film our standard view it cue it or screw it rating before we move on to the next one and then we're going to wrap things up by each giving the entire franchise itself a view it cue it or screw it as well so let's jump in here 2007's paranormal activity which that release date even is a bit of a misnomer because it premiered in 2007 and didn't actually see wide release until 2009 but you know i i kind of want to start With Allison here, because, again, Rowan, you, you guys and I have talked about this one before. Allison, what were your thoughts on this viewing of the first Paranormal Activity?
3: Oh, I thought it still hit. I loved Paranormal Activity the first time I saw it. I've loved the first Paranormal Activity every time I've seen it. It's really great at not showing you things, which, for me historically is what scares me the most Hmm. and i think that's what works for me and it feels it felt so fresh it uh reminded me of how not to the same quite the same intensity but how like the blair witch project made me feel and still makes me feel it 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 felt fresh it felt new it was like wow i can't believe i've never really seen anything like this before um i love it i love it and I, i yeah I will stand by that movie. Fight
0: me. <laughs> well, let's call on a couple people who might run Exilia. <laughs> I know. I don't I don't,
3: don't want to fight either of you, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a fun fight. It's going to be a cute fight. It's a it's a yeah. it's it's going to go from a date night to a date fight right now. <laughs> um y'all didn't enjoy this movie so much when we reviewed it a couple years ago. How did you feel this time?
1: Uh so I will say that uh I kind of switched on it uh, oh. this time around. Because uh, if you remember from the Slays episode, I hated the first one, and I, I did like the second one a little better. And uh, yeah, this time around, I did enjoy the first one a little more. I think Allison kind of really put it well, where I was focusing more on like, okay, like let me really look for what's going on in the background, even though there really isn't anything going on. But, you know, I just think I was willing to get on its vibe this time and, you know, just kind of immerse myself in the like, oh, maybe I'm just missing something and there's something like to the left of me or to the right of me I'm not looking at. And I think it does a very good job of setting that up, you know. No matter if I think that, um, you know, Michael looks like Nev from Catfish. Yeah, but... he does. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen Catfish. Oh, well, you're you're missing out on just seasons and seasons wow. of good times. You have
2: to watch the episode where he takes the guy's phone and just throws it in the lake.
1: Oh,
0: oh, okay. Yeah,
2: it's scandalous.
0: Well, Exelia, what? what did you think about the movie this time around?
2: Okay, so I intentionally didn't go back and listen to our episode to see what I thought last time, because I didn't want to sway my opinion now. It was interesting in the way that I was now able to see it within the context of the rest of the franchise, and there were a couple things that were, like, I guess explained that made sense more now, I I'm still not a huge fan of it. I I'm very much about like set design and things like that. Honestly, it looked like a poorly outfitted porn set. <laughs> it was so bare. It looked like they went to this place called Excess Cargo and just got like the most random shit ever. Yeah, it didn't do for me. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> That's okay. I you know, as y'all know, and I, and when I say y'all, I mean, even just like Amon listeners in general, because I feel like I talk about this movie with some regularity, even just on our podcast, when we're not talking about paranormal activity. But um, as Allison said, it still hits. I had one of my favorite theatrical experiences of all time with this movie where, you know, as I said on y'all's podcast, I had the ultimate hipster experience where I I'm pretty sure this opened in Ann Arbor near us here. It was one of the, First, I think twelve cities that it opened in in the U.S. and I saw it at our local art house theater. I was one of possibly the only two people in the theater. Certainly in my memory, at the end when it cuts to black, it was just me and my friend, and I was scared fucking shitless. Um, (laughs) And then it ruined my life for several months after that. I was just afraid any noise I heard in my apartment was the fucking demon. Which at that time I pretty sure the name toby never comes up in that movie but i'm I, you know i thought toby was coming up the stairs it still works for me it's it's that weird kind of liminal space after blair witch where like blair witch was a huge hit that movie is still amazing but then for whatever reason there weren't a ton of like imitators of it for Uh, I think over a decade. And then this comes out right at the beginning of the era where everyone all of a sudden did have a camera in their hands all of the time and kind of exploited that. It was the first movie where that actually felt really possible that somebody could have a camera, be obsessed with it and just be recording all this shit around their house. Um, It feels plausible in ways that like a lot of the other ones that come after don't Mm. Yeah, in ways that a lot of found footage horror in general, don't. Um, How did you all feel about the relationships in this movie? Like, I mean, it's basically just we've got Katie, we've got Mika. It's basically two characters. We're following them and their performances throughout the movie. These actors are not known. They have not become known (laughs) since this franchise for anything other than continuing to be written into this franchise. How do you all feel about them and their relationships? A relationship? Awful. Awful.
2: Awful, yeah. He they ha- he has no boundaries. He like constantly
1: gaslights her. Just like he's
2: such a dick.
1: Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say to me, uh, you know, I think it, it seems like a general consensus. No one likes him in this franchise. That he kind of really got the hate. And you know, I, I was thinking, Exile was talking about this looking like a porn set. I really felt like this entire movie was just this man's goal of trying to make homemade porn with his <laughs> right? fiance, Cause I think he offered it like at least like five times where he's like, Hey, I got this video camera, you know, you know,
2: and she, all she does is keep being like, please stop recording. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But I did, I did, you know, I did connect with him because, uh, he also really just wants a Ouija board in his house, which is a notorious <laughs> argument. Uh, Absolutely not in this household. Because I would love one. Exilia won't let me have one. It, the fight has been brought on it Slays podcast many a times.
2: Did you see how this one burst into flames? Hell no. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a big
1: no for our household as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's
3: that's that's a consensus though between. Thank the you. Two for of being us. On my side. Yeah, thank you.
1: I think we do have to make sure. You know, when we're talking about the small cast of characters is the guy that plays the psychic. He's
3: great.
1: Probably Mm. the smartest character maybe in this whole series of movies. Yeah, because he gets the fuck out. Yeah, he's like, nah, I'm just leaving. I'm good. Yeah.
3: yeah. He's like, I wish you the best. I understand you need help. Not gonna be from me. Yep.
2: He's he's not a psychic. He's a local demonologist. (laughs) Even better. Call
0: him by his name. Which I...
2: Right? Exactly. (laughs) I actually looked up how Tigan exorcism here. And you just have to contact the Catholic yeah. Church. There's like the Archdiocese of Nova Scotia. They have uh, exorcism protocol. Like it's nuts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Look, that actually occurred to me in the process of, of watching these movies. I was like, can you imagine how many like weird calls the Catholic Church gets about that shit? Mm. And probably how many priests have to go out and take it seriously. Or I mean, probably they do take it seriously. But <laughs> it's they do, to me. Yeah. Yeah.
3: From my understanding, I so what worked. One thing that also just worked about this movie for me in general is I just, I mean, I just I love ghosts and demons. That's a, that's my genre of horror, and like this is just so ripe. For that. It's it's like the perfect horror movie for me. You don't really see anything. It's all it's all suggested. It's all whispers. And it's like that's what's so scary to me is the unknown. And I think not to get too far into it, but like that's where the rest of the franchise starts to unravel for me, is learning more and more about it. Takes the fear away for me personally.
0: Yeah, 100%. That's why I like this, because the relationship between them feels quite real, all things considered. And mm-hmm. it's uh, you're just kind of watching a relationship unravel for most of the movie. You're certainly never really seeing shit until mm-hmm. her face turns into a spooky demon in the literal final frame of the thing, which I don't like very much. But right. up until that, very subtle, very unsettling, and just feels uncomfortable like it could it could happen could happen in my fucking house and that was what stressed me out for so long afterwards
3: yes and like i found myself just like rooting for them like i'm just like just get out of there like like do the smart thing like try to get out of this situation you know and just being really upset that it just completely took over
0: and there are, like, hints at mythology. Like, she talks about what happened to yeah. her and her sister when they were yeah. younger. But there's not really any answers, which is another thing that I enjoy about it. And another thing that gets undone spectacularly over the following six movies. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, too, like, you you talked about, uh, you know, that you didn't overly enjoy the ending in this one. This is the only one I watched the alternate ending to. Oh. um which actually i thought worked better than it was better <laughs> this one and i mean maybe that's just like my overall dislike i guess of like you know kind of just this movie in general because i think the 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 alternate endings like more of a just like a typical slasher horror ending like if i remember mm. right she basically just like stabs them, even though she's possessed and it's just like it's bloody it, like it's more
2: doesn't she slit her throat yeah
1: and she killed like, yeah and she like you yeah. see everything and you know i think uh i i call that the a24 effect it's just we're we're so conditioned now to want these like real downer uh yep. endings and maybe that's the most downer ending possible
0: Oh, I was going to say, so there are two alternate endings. There is the one where she slashes her throat at the end. And then there's the one where she, I think she does still kill him. Um, and then like just kind of rocks by the bed. Like it does the typical effect where it speeds up time. And then the police come in and shoot her. Oh,
1: yes. Yeah.
0: And that's the end of the movie. They kill oh, her. I remember the seeing police too. Yeah. I don't, I don't like the throat slight so one.
1: I don't like either of those personally. I, I did have a, probably the a big question. I came out of watching this though that I wanted the po- poise for everyone is is your partner being possessed a deal breaker? <laughs> mm. Oh shit! Mm. Um, wow, that's if a- they're like a nine out of ten, and this is just like that one point that they get taken off.
2: She's a ten, but she's possessed. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a
0: that's a tough quandary they're wrong. i mean of course like i would stick by them but like <laughs> fuck it just seems so uh it just seems like you're fighting a losing battle at that point
3: I have so many questions about this scenario. It's <laughs> like, is this like a major demon or like a bureau, bureau, bureaucratic demon? Middle management, middle management <laughs> demon. I feel like those are a lot easier. You know, maybe a demon might bring some improvements to personality. <laughs> oh, um, I like that. <laughs> you know, like I, it just—it really depends on the demon for me. <laughs>
0: Exilia, if Rowan were possessed,
2: um, could he be easily exorcised? I don't know if I'm willing to go through like a really rough, brutal, long exorcism <laughs> mm. that may or may not result in in Rowan coming back. But if it's just an easy one, then yeah. I I would keep him around.
0: And Rowan, answer your own fucked up question.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I you know I I love Auxilia the Death, but guess what? Oh, I'm like the psychic. I'm he's getting packing the fuck his out. bags.
4: Rude. <laughs> I'll call. I'll call
1: an exorcist on my way out, though. Oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, call an exorcist on our way out of our reviews of this movie. Um, Rowan, you said you you you. Kind of changed your tune a little bit on it this time. So I'll call on you first. Would you view, cue, or screw Paranormal Activity?
1: So even though I still don't overly like this one, I'm going to give it a view it simply no? because, I mean, this is like in the pantheon now for horror movies. Like, you kind of have to see this. This is like, you know, Blair Witch Project now. Like, you... If you haven't seen Paranormal Activity, people just look at you weird. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, I give it a view. It's simply on, like, kind of the historical importance Mm. of it now. And, uh, you know, really, you know, in 2023, like, the rise of Blumhouse, like, this is kind of at those beginnings of them taking over. So, yeah, I think just the historical importance of that. Uh yeah, what about you, Alsona? <laughs>
3: uh I am a solid view it for it. I mean, view it with all capital letters. Um it's a classic. It's just good. Like it's not it's not overdone and I like that.
2: Exalia, what do you give it? I'm like Rowan, so understanding it within like the cultural context of horror movies. I'm gonna give it a Hewitt. Don't hate me. Um, do I think that people look at me funny because I said I didn't watch this movie? No. And I think a lot of the things we always ran into when I was on It's Slays is like nostalgia for certain films like allison was saying that they go and like watch it with their sister and it's and you're saying like you had this experience after where you were scared to death in your house like i don't have that emotional attachment so i think that that kind of kills it for me a little bit um but yeah i would give it you should you should watch it so i'll say i'll say cue it i'm not gonna get all like you know Hyped up about it. What, do you, what about you,
0: Patrick? I mean, no surprise. A view it for me. Um, again, one of the. I, I said this on y'all's show. Like, it's not necessarily one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, but it certainly has scared me more than any movie I've ever seen. I. It may be a sort of pedantic distinction, but it's meaningful for me. Um, I, you know, I, I had such a strong, intense reaction to this, and I still love it and vibe with it um all three or four or whatever times that i've seen it um it just pulls off something pretty impressive and then kicks off a really awful trend that hasn't (laughs) i think still really hasn't stopped honestly we're still getting this bullshit people are still trying to resummon this uh this magic so uh but regardless I'll, i'll give it a view it
2: I'm really interested now that you're talking about this because I feel like Roan and I will have like very opposite opinions of you two.
0: Mm, I'm oh. I, yeah, I'm curious to see where we go from here <laughs> for sure because Allison and I haven't even talked too much about the rest of the franchise, so I'm curious to hear really everyone's thoughts on on the rest. We're starting yeah. to plunge towards um, unknown territory here. <laughs> But our our next one is, of course, Paranormal Activity 2 came out in 2010, just one year after the wide release of the first one. Um, this is where we really delve into Christy, Katie's sister. She's uh, one of the uh, main characters of this movie. And in the course of the movie, we learned that this all started because Christy's son, Hunter, was the first male born to the family since the 1930s. Because someone in their family reneged on a deal to give their firstborn son to a devil back in the day. And we get into a whole thing where her dipshit husband transfers the curse from Christy to Katie, and Katie goes and takes Hunter after uh, the events of the first movie. Um, How did everybody feel about this one? I like it a whole lot fucking less than the first one. I'll, I'll say that.
1: Well, I'll go, because I, I, I did say that my opinions changed on these two. Yeah. So this was the one that I liked uh, the most out of one and two, and I ended up liking this less than the first one this time around. Um, And it's really just the dad. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you want to give me, like, three hours of a rant here, like, most <laughs> of my notes are just, like this fucking dad (laughs) Uh, like a quick summary is a the goatee it's just like automatic (laughs) like i manage a local bar goatee uh it's it's just ridiculous i mean but we have that we have like you know him firing the housekeeper stupid Uh, move yeah, yeah just stupid move see anybody that out loud tells people that he names his dick the Kraken. Like, automatically, I don't feel bad that your house is (laughs) being haunted. (laughs) Did you see all the, like, African art in this house? And you know what? Colonizers are going to get it. So...
4: (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: Rowan, it's funny because you said that maybe you you thought that we might have uh, opposing opinions all night. But in my notes here, one of of the handful of notes I wrote about this movie was, fewer interesting characters, dad is a dick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I can never, I just feel like, how can you feel bad for a family that has an on-call allergist? (laughs) So...
2: might be necessary.
1: <laughs> I mean maybe.
0: Allison Exilia, did uh did the dad Daniel I think is his name piss you off? How did you feel about the movie in general and did he did he ruin it for you?
3: I felt indifferent to him to be honest. Yeah, same. No no big feelings either way.
0: The, the dad the dad just <laughs> triggered the men in the room.
2: <laughs>
3: Apparently.
2: <laughs> I hadn't thought any, I hadn't like made a second thought about him to be honest S- until right now. Same.
0: <laughs> Rowan maybe that makes us the the toxic males Yeah, maybe <laughs> there's something going on here you're the
3: colonizers who are gonna get it
0: <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> but no there's there's very little that's memorable to me about this movie I mean I love I love the scene in the kitchen where all the pots and pans fall suddenly you know great weird gag you can't watch this movie and not remember the pool cleaner flipping exactly. out of the pool. pool
2: cleaner.
3: It's the best part. But it's still <laughs>
0: kind of stupid. Like why is Toby fucking with the pool cleaner overnight? You know,
2: <laughs> that's, that's by far the most memorable part of the entire movie is the pool. Yep. cleaner for Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, so I remember when I first saw this, like I liked it, you know, it wasn't like, the same level of like the first one, but I didn't think it was bad. And I think that's kind of how I still feel. I like it in the sense that I like that it was consistent with the rules of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that it was consistent with like the hints of the lore that was set up in the first one and how it continued. After watching the whole series though, not as much of a fan because I was like, "You, you didn't have to just keep doing the same thing. Like, I liked that the second one was consistent with the first, but that at that point,
2: it's just like maybe we can just change it
3: up a little bit. You know?
2: When I watch movies, I always have like just incredibly random thoughts, so like all the notes I have are just super random. But if someone... One of my thoughts was, if someone broke into my house, like they thought someone had broken in the beginning, and totally fucking trashed it, that's like adding insult to injury, and I would be extra angry about that -hmm. (laughs) that was another highlight for me Mm -hmm. at least keep my house clean if you're gonna break into it
1: (laughs) i was gonna say it's probably important to note with this one too is that this is our the entry of uh christopher landon's influence into these he was the writer on this one uh which you know he's pretty much in the franchise in some capacity for the rest of these, which I thought was interesting. Cause I did think the writing was a little stronger. I, there, there was kind of, they didn't really explore it, uh, enough that I thought it was really worth being in there. But like, they did have like some interesting undercurrents of, you know, stuff about like late postpartum and stuff. And I thought there was like some good parallels going on there. Um, And probably for the best that they didn't heavily explore it because, you know, I just... Paranormal activity isn't that serious. (laughs) So I think that's a little more serious than they were really willing to get. But I think just the ba- having, like, a baby in it in general kind of up the stakes a bit. It was kind of stuff I like. Like, I enjoyed how the baby's room had, like, all the mirrors. So I spent the entire time looking at all the different mirrors. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I probably, I was like, when I watched this f- for the It's Slaves podcast, I probably didn't look at the bathroom mirror. Let me <laughs> stare at the bathroom mirror the entire time. And, you know, I, I think they were able to do that stuff. Plus, kids' toys, man. When kids' toys are moving by themselves, Automatically creepy. So creepy. Yeah.
0: Interesting. I find that a very overplayed trope. I'm like, okay, it's another kid's toy that is activating and playing a weird song by did itself. Okay. But
3: as a kid, did you ever have toys that just randomly went off on their own?
0: No, that's Terrifying. you in your haunted house, my dear. No. When I
3: was a kid, my, my little sister had this doll called Amazing Allie, and she kept it in a bin in my room. And one night I woke up to her saying, hi, my name's Allie. Do you want to be friends? And I was like, no.
2: Yeah,
1: don't. that's fucking creepy. No. <laughs> yeah, what? What in the child's play is going on here? Right. Wow. So,
3: so toys going off is a trigger point for me. Okay. <laughs>
1: wow. Mine's less scary than that because I was going to say all I can think about is I don't know if it was auxiliary or someone else bought me when it was cool. I guess to have Oh my the, god The, the Zach ball talking bobblehead From the oh, original what? Hangover Oh
3: my god And the batteries <laughs> I mean- were going in
1: it And it just kept going off Doing the three best friends song Like in it, the middle of the night And that was it, tearing itself
2: yikes. It wasn't even the batteries It was we lived in this really fucked up house In St. John's And it the floor was like Legitimately like tilted it was just really old and anytime the people upstairs walked like in the hallway or like walked up in their apartment, it would like shake this bobblehead. <laughs> and then the bobblehead would go off talking about the three best no. friends. And yeah, it would be like all hours of the day. And we couldn't figure out <laughs> how to turn it off. Oh no. So I donated it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a good call. That's-
3: yeah. Give that demon to someone else. That's right. <laughs> right? What a
2: thing to possess.
0: Truly. But yeah, this this one, I, I think Allison mentioned, is kind of the one where it digs into the lore a little more and we start digging into this whole history of what happened with Katie and Christy. And I, I I dislike the movie because of that. This one is not so egregious in the way it does that, but I just get bothered by the way the next four or five movies just keep digging more and more for little like scraps of information about the history of this family, why this all happened. And again, it starts to undo what I like about the first one, which is you don't know why it's happening. And it's yeah. like, it, Rowan, it's like the the Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like Freddy Krueger, the bastard child of a thousand maniacs. or whatever. It's <laughs> yeah. like, I didn't need to know that about Freddy. You know, he was better when he was just a weird guy in a sweater who showed up in your dreams, <laughs> you know. So this kind of starts a trend that bothers me more as it goes on. It's not particularly bad in this film in particular, but it's it's the start of something I don't like.
3: In this film, like, when I first saw it, I thought it was a strength. But then as, yeah, mm. the series goes on, then it starts to... It changes how I feel about this movie. Yeah.
2: I think it's, like, less... And that's exactly what I think, too. I think it's, like, if they had it stopped here, the lore aspect wouldn't have been so bad, yes. but they've, like twisted it and just like took it taking it like way too far and it makes it like yeah makes this movie affected by that because yeah. you're like it's the root yeah all evil
0: <laughs> 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 so axelia would you view cue or screw paranormal activity too
2: uh i would screw it what about you allison i would i'd cue it what about you,
3: Patrick?
0: I, I don't know. This is sort of borderline for me, um, but because it leaves so little impression on me, I didn't enjoy it much any of the, I think, three now times that I've watched it. I guess I'm going to go with a screw. It's not offensive in any way, <laughs> certainly not in some of the ways that the later movies are to me, but uh, it's, it's just... I've only, the only reason i watched it three times is that because I had to watch it for a podcast two of those times, so I'm I'm going to go with Screw. How about you, Rowan?
1: I'm going to give it a cue it. Like I said, I, obviously this time around, I liked the first one a little better than this. I did like the use of the basement in this one, and the night vision mm. in the basement. We kind of get like the full out night vision with this. And, you know, this was kind of an interesting one where like at the end, it didn't, finalized with a jump scare like it kind of let it, the camera play out a bit mm-hmm. which i i thought yeah. was like an interesting thing to do uh so i did like that stuff but like you guys said like it, it, it's just kind of to me real middle of the road like i don't think anything too exciting happens and you know my hatred for that dad so <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, let's move on to Paranormal Activity 3. And it's interesting to me, like, they were really cranking these out for a bit here. Like, 2009, the first one gets a wide release. Second one comes out 2010, and then the third one's out 2011. We go back to the 80s. We're mostly on VHS for this whole movie, and we're uh, viewing tapes of Katie and Christy's childhood with their mom, Julie, and her boyfriend, Dennis. Christy is developing a weird relationship with Toby, Uh, The demon, and eventually we find out that the girl's grandmother is part of a coven that grooms women to have sons that they can sacrifice to Toby. How did y'all feel about this one? Doing some 80s throwback found footage.
3: My first thought is the boyfriend looks weirdly like Mika from the first movie, (laughs) right?
2: (laughs) That was absolutely so creepy.
0: I don't remember that. I, I thought, need to look him up now.
2: I thought the same thing. And in one of the further movies where they replay the that scene from this one, I was like, wait, is that Mika? Yeah. And then Rowan had to remind me.
0: Whoa, yeah. he really does.
2: Yeah.
3: He does. I don't know why that
0: didn't occur to me before. Poor Dennis, though. Okay. like <laughs>
3: Dennis did not deserve... Anything.
0: Dennis was a good guy and he got absolutely fucked over by just just happening to date Julie.
3: Being a good bonus dad.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, (sighs) her mom didn't love Dennis, though. So maybe there's more to it.
0: Yeah, but her mom is not a good person also.
2: Well, yes, but she basically insinuated that he was trying to steal her money. Now, what does she do for a living as someone who affords that gigantic house by herself? Well, it was the 80s, so,
0: you know. She <laughs> she grooms women to have sons they can sacrifice to the devil. That's what she does.
2: <laughs> is that
3: lucrative? Probably. I don't know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: There's scarcity there. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say so you know, I, I made it a note for this one. I was like, Okay, so now we uh, now now we've not been able to avoid like a little more improved camera quality, even though we're going back to the eighties which I thought was, like, one of the things Weird. that really didn't work with this was it looked way too good Agreed. for, like, 80s footage. Mm. I, I thought, like, the parents, I was like, they don't look very 80s. No. Like nothing <laughs> no. Other than them just be, like, telling me it's in the 80s, I was like, yeah, this doesn't <laughs> feel like anything like that. No.
3: The babysitter. Looked like if like a caricature of someone from the (laughs) eighties,
0: which is probably the closest anything comes to looking like it's in the eighties in this movie.
2: Yeah, well, that was the thing. Like Rome was saying, the parents, even especially the scene in the bedroom, like even just like the decor Mm -hmm. and the set of the bedroom, it looked like it was twenty twenty
0: three. The
2: I wasn't the underwear, (laughs) the
0: lingerie is not period appropriate. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. But no, it, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with all of that. And I mean, also, going back to camera use, it's so implausible that anyone in the 80s would have, would be filming this much, this consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes sense in these more uh, contemporary set movies. the digital age. You just are running a camera all the time, but it's like, really? You just got VHS running constantly? <laughs> That take a lot of tape. Exactly. Yeah, at
3: least he was like, Dennis was like a videographer, so at least yeah. in that sense, it it made sense.
1: I had you a know? note, I uh, you know, because like I I did like the trick of like, oh, I'm gonna put a camera on the oscillating fan, and <laughs> I, I love that. Cool. I was like, that's cool. But I did make a note. I was like, Dennis just out here creating cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: Dennis, Damn. our king.
1: I mean, really though, if only uh, if only Mika had met him. Because I said also, <laughs> Dennis has the pleasure of being the first person to get his partner to agree to have sex on video.
0: <laughs> so it's a franchise milestone,
1: really. Yeah, like really, that's all any of these guys in any of these movies are trying to do. It seems it so. sex tapes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But no, I've been I, I, I've been talking shit about some things other than Dennis, but I there's a lot that I enjoyed about this movie. The the cast, the characters are all fairly well drawn, pretty um enjoyable, pretty engaging, decent performances. And yeah, the oscillating fan fucking rules. Again, if you've seen this movie, you're gonna remember that. You're gonna remember the fucking awesome scene where everything in the kitchen floats up to the ceiling. Oh. The fan pans back to the foyer and then pans back and everything fucking drops from the ceiling. Mm. Don't know how they did it. Maybe it's all CG. I would like to look it up. That
3: can't I be CG. I should look it up.
0: I I'm but okay, but also how did they get everything in that room up to the ceiling in that in that pan, you know? I don't know. It's great though. It it rules.
1: And I did I know I know you guys kind of said with the other ones that this was kind of your pet peeve on them. But I did enjoy this one. I thought did a pretty good job, like using the footage and stuff to like build an actual like timeline and narrative mm-hmm. of what's going on where it didn't seem as random as the other two. Mm. Like they were, they were really trying, you could tell they were in full franchise mode where they were like trying to craft this story so you could follow it. Like, Relate the first and second movie to this one, so I like I did appreciate that,
3: yeah. And then another thing I appreciate about this one, talking about like more positive aspects of it, is I like that the ending just kind of goes full bonkers, Mm -hmm. you know. I really appreciated that. I remember watching it the first time and being like, Oh, hell yes. I just wish that that's where the franchise would have ended, you know, because like I just I appreciate them going for broke and I was just like a coven of witches and like they're all just hanging out at this house. Okay, this is great.
0: Yeah, because we wind up at the grandma's house and kind of the twist, because we haven't realized this to this point, is that the grandma is orchestrating, uh, you know, kind of ferrying kids to this uh this demon toby asmodeus as we eventually find out his name is and great kind of reveal where the camera kind of whip pans at one point there's just a small group i think maybe six or eight creepy looking women like slowly walking towards the camera that's a great moment you know it, it and it and that i think is a good example of the world building where all of a sudden it expands in this unexpected way where you're like oh what <laughs> yeah yeah and again there's not a ton of explanation for it because then Dennis gets killed uh I think the mom what happens to the mom
3: she gets killed yeah yeah I think
0: she gets and then killed the witches now. just walk away with Katie and Christy and it's like it's time we're going to prepare you whatever good good stuff yeah you know don't again not over explained just weird fucking shit happening where you're left to kind of form your own theories and I like yeah. that
1: I wouldn't be a good guest either if I didn't bring up that this movie has uh, the use of uh, Bloody Mary in it. And we have <laughs> someone on the podcast oh. that has serious Bloody Mary trauma in their oh, past. Serious, serious Bloody Mary trauma. oh no. I'm, uh,
0: Yeah, I don't think I've heard this I before, Exiliad. Are you are you comfortable sharing?
2: Yeah, sure. Yes. I, I, my story has remained the same the 21 years I've known Rowan. <laughs> He doesn't believe me because he is, like, does not believe in anything supernatural, which, like, I get. But so basically me, my best friend at the time, and our other friend Brittany, we're just, like, casually hanging out in the gym of our elementary school. This was in grade, like, five or six. I think it was grade five. And it was in a basement. And it was, like, very notoriously, like, a haunted place. The school had been around since, like, the 1900s, like, etc. Anyways, We had just learned about Bloody Mary, because I think we had just started watching horror movies, and we went into the bathroom in this gym. So how it worked was, like, there was a door, and then, like, a really short hallway, and then another door, and then it would, like, open up into a locker room, and then in the locker room, there was another door, and that was for the bathroom. And the bathroom only had, like, two stalls. It was very small. So Megan, my best friend at the time, and I went into the bathroom part, and Brittany was on the other side of the door in the locker room. And the important thing to know is the door didn't push out, like you had to pull it in towards you seems like a fire hazard Mm -hmm. but that's okay so we're in there and we're like making fun of bloody mary and we're like okay let's say it and we said bloody mary about uh the appropriate amount of times which i won't do right now and basically nothing happened and we're like ah, i told you it's fucking stupid like blah 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 and then within like 15 seconds the toilet started flushing there was nobody here this was like six o'clock on an evening the toilet started flushing and then the fucking like light bulb above the mirror turned red and we were like oh my god and we were trying to get out but you have to pull the door into you so we had to go further into the fucking bathroom we basically knock britney down we're like oh my god red it was horrifying and i will like I even asked Megan, like, a couple years ago, do you remember that? And she recalled it just how I did. This is when we were literal children. And, yeah, it was horrifying. I have no explanation for it whatsoever. But Rowan said collective hallucination, but I don't think so. (laughs) See,
0: Exilia, this is why, like, so, I mean, for the most part, I am a Rowan. Like, I don't really... I don't really believe in this stuff, but your story is why yeah. I also don't fuck with it. Like I don't, I don't, Exactly. I don't like the idea of ghost hunts. I don't like the idea of playing Bloody Mary. I don't want a Ouija board in the house because I'm like, exactly. I don't believe in that shit. But I'm also not going to invite it in. You know, if it,
2: I'm not going to open that portal that may or may not exactly, exist.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> thank so you. thank you for reinforcing my worldview.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same. I'm not really like a ghost person or anything like that but there are some things that i've had experiences i'm like no i'm i'm too like i'm too superstitious to to fuck with that so no
0: (laughs) allison as a ghost person what are your thoughts on bloody mary
2: uh i would never
3: do it Uh not in a million years (laughs) because i don't exact i mean yeah i don't think anything would happen but i'm a, a, a baby and it's just like even if it's not Bloody Mary herself, you never know if there's like a ghost exactly, hanging out. Just like let me fuck with exactly. them. <laughs> like let me exactly. teach them a lesson. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my thing. I don't
2: think it was like Bloody Mary right. herself, but it was definitely some fucking like fucked up presence. They Absolutely. were probably just. Fucked it was probably like, like, a, like
3: a, a ghost, ghost kid <laughs> who was like, "I'm bored <laughs> as shit." Thank God, I just live in, in, in this here. locker <laughs> room. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: A different different franchise but i think relevant question uh and, and probably just all the same answers but would anybody say Candyman the requisite number of no. times
2: no no
3: okay. absolutely yeah. not.
0: rowan
2: rowan you should go in the bathroom right now and yeah, do yeah, it, yeah see what
1: happens <laughs> do it all well, uh i haven't done the trauma yet maybe someday i'll pop in uh a- urban legend Two, bloody mary for and we'll watch it no. together <laughs>
2: anytime there's a bloody mary thing i'm like x like, I'm like back away <laughs>
1: uh, all right well now that we've
0: all unpacked our bloody mary trauma or lack thereof <laughs> uh rowan would you view cue or screw paranormal activity three
1: so i'm gonna give this one a cue it also uh you know i i think it's inoffensive uh, we didn't bring up the. this is it. This is the naming of our demon, Toby, mm. in this one. Uh, but like I said, I thought there was things alike in it with the narrative and the story. Uh, I didn't necessarily love the look of it just because it looked a little c- clean. This is the epitome of uh, scary kids' toys in this series because we got a Teddy Ruxpin, <laughs> and Teddy spin is just creepy in general. So... Uh, Yeah, and then really, this will always be in my mind because uh, the ghost was making some sound while we watched it, and Exilia turned to me and just said, "Is that demon bonking his (laughs) baloney?" And uh, (laughs) apparently,
2: oh yeah, because he kind of looked like he was.
1: (laughs) So, uh, remember this is the uh, baloney bonking. Just to confirm
0: my suspicion, is this a euphemism for masturbation that I've never heard before? Oh. Yeah,
2: it's from a show or a movie or something. I can't remember wow. what, what it was.
0: Okay. Amazing.
2: Yeah. And it just kind of stuck because it was because it's
0: really great. Coolest. Yeah. I'm that's yeah. entering the lexicon.
1: <laughs> what about uh, you, Patrick? Um
0: it's hard because I feel like by the normal metrics of Amon, it would probably be a Q for me, but I'm I think I'm just grading on a curve and I'm gonna go with that for the franchise. <laughs> by the standards of the franchise, I'll give it a view it. It's like a low view it it's fun you know i i remembered enjoying it the first time around and i enjoyed it well enough on the second viewing um you know whatever not a great horror movie but there's plenty of memorable stuff in it it expands the lore in a way that doesn't upset me too much like mostly in an interesting and kind of uh open-ended way that unsettles me a little more um and yeah it gives me some memorable moments along the way so i'll give it a view mm-hmm. uh allison how about you
3: Yeah, I think uh, going by this logic of grading it based on (laughs) the entire franchise and not just on like what I would normally say is I would also give it a view it because other than the original, I think it's the only other one that I would have a strong recommendation for. Not a strong recommendation for like, but I'm like, if you're going to watch any of the other movies in the Paranormal Activity franchise, watch the third one. That's how I feel.
0: Yeah, honestly, I'm giving it a view it mostly because I feel like I'm just about to be negative as fuck from here on out. So I was like, all right, I'm going to be not just one one note. Exilia, how about you?
2: Um, I think I would give it a I'd give it a view it. It was decent.
0: All right, kids. Well, we have almost reached the half point of this journey. Uh, Paranormal Activity 4, 2012, we're still cranking out one a year at this point. We kind of shift off the family for a bit. Um, We focus on a family who is taking care of a very weird and creepy kid named Robbie while his mom is in the hospital. His mom, of course, turns out to be Katie, who I said to (laughs) Allison at some point in this watching process like katie featherston has to be the luckiest like c d list actress of the past 10 20 years just getting gigs in this franchise over and over again where she like in some cases walks on and says no lines or a couple of lines but anyways we end up finding out that this family's kid we're we're kind of led to think that this creepy kid robbie is actually hunter the kid that katie stole in the second movie turns out that their kid who we know as Wyatt for most of the movie is actually Hunter, the kid that Katie stole from her sister. He's slowly corrupted by this creepy kid, Robbie, and uh, yeah, that's kind of the meat of the the fourth one. We've got some webcams in this because it's 2012 now, and we got a
3: the webcam
1: one.
0: Yeah, we gotta we gotta <laughs> do the zoom. I call thing. it
1: the the yeah. of
0: paranormal activity. Yeah, and it is kind of interesting. I mean. An emphasis on kind of, kind of interesting to see the way the technology changes and they kind of lean into the, yeah, the technology of the times as the franchise goes on. But, uh, yeah, how did we feel about this one? My notes, <laughs> not to tip my hand, but my notes say mostly like watching paint dry. So that'll give you a summary of how I felt about this one.
3: I think after we watched it, I said, well, that was
2: a real snooze fest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude.
2: The story's so convoluted with, like, Wyatt being adopted and he's actually Hunter and wh- where the fuck did Robbie come from? Yes. Then? Like, who's yes. Robbie? Yeah.
0: My question, too. Yeah. It, yeah.
2: And if Katie took took Hunter, why
3: did he end how up did they for get adoption? Like, Right. You know. How did they get him? That's what I said. The kid's only six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. That any would have sense. to have been a process.
0: It's all just kind of mystery and convolution for mystery and convolution's sake. Like, they're trying to create intrigue that isn't really there.
3: This was the movie where I started being like, I just, I want to see something more than a family being terrorized. I, like, I want to see people, like, fight back or, like, have a chance at figuring out what's going on and not just be brutally murdered at the end of the film. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I thought the same. This is kind of where it gets really redundant this movie I find. And I do have a note about how basically they're dro- they this is the start of the demon dropping so many things <laughs> from the ceiling. And it's like I can only watch that over and over again so many times. <laughs> And, yeah, it's, like, a family in a big-ass house. And it's, like, it felt like I'd already seen yeah. this before. Yeah,
0: like, the ostensible highlights are a chandelier falling from the ceiling and a knife falling from the ceiling. The knife being the better gag mm-hmm. because it kind of mysteriously flies up to the ceiling at one point, And then it's kind of, you know, whatever. I guess Chekhov's knife or whatever. You're waiting for it to fall again at some point, And it does. And it's it's fine. <laughs> And and yeah. that's all I can yeah. really say about
1: that. <laughs> it's, it sounds to me, Allison, like you wanted more of a parody, not so much a kickback.
2: Not a kickback. But, uh, Best quote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I thought this one was kind of odd. I, I said, you know, earlier I said the YouTubeification, but to me, this is where you can kind of see uh, like the studio teeth sink in. Because, mm. you know, I was thinking, as much as I love Catherine Newton, like, we've been lucky enough that like, you know, I like my found footage movies with people that will never have careers. I'm sorry, (laughs) but I just don't want you in front of a camera again. And that's, what's always kind of effective about found footage. Mm -hmm. So that's fair coming back or coming to this for the first time where like Catherine Newton is like a big deal now. Like, you know, she's really on her way up to being kind of this like a list, actress i mean she's in ant-man she like all you know freaky she's been in all this other stuff so like i found it really distracting that you had someone so known obviously when this came out it would have been a little less distracting Mm -hmm. but for me i just found that i was like oh okay like now people people with like you know i don't want to say like actual acting talent but people that are gonna go on and have careers are like Trying to enter this franchise, and they're at their beginnings, like every humble, you know, actor, like Johnny Depp or something. I don't mm-hmm. know.
2: I also thought that this movie started. So his excuse for like filming everything initially, that was the start of the the weird reasons mm-hmm. why they were recording things mm-hmm. all the time. Agreed. And it was just like, I swear, my computer just records everything. Yeah. Like,
4: <laughs> yeah. it, it was so fucking yeah. weird. this was
3: this was definitely the first one where that felt like a real
1: stretch for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And out of all out of all the men, shouldn't this be the one where it's believable that the guy's just trying to videotape sex? <laughs> right. Like, I, I I just thought it was weird. I'm like it's just like these like teenagers that obviously this this guy that I said was kind of like a discount Johnny Simmons the uh, the nerdy one from Jennifer's Body. Oh. Uh, I thought he had that vibe, but I was just kind of like you know he obviously like has a thing for the lead uh, and. I was just like, yeah, if anyone, this is the guy that should be all Like, this is the generation. This is, like, the time that this would be a thing. Like, right. yeah, let's get the webcam going or whatever. And uh, I, I was like, oh, it's interesting that they just took it out of the series now.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, as I as I indicated when we were talking about 3, 3 is kind of where the start of the real implausibility of the filming is for me. But, yeah, it's ridiculous. And, I mean, there's not even... There's not a paranormal explanation for the computer just happening to film all the time, right? It just like right, no.
1: literally yeah. is doing that, I
0: think.
2: It yeah. makes no sense. But
1: guys, this one this one had a cat. So <laughs> this one. <laughs> yeah. This this was the high one of the high points of the franchise.
0: Which which, <laughs> if I remember correctly, did not get attacked like the dogs in the franchise do, which was very well, sad.
2: Yeah. I, I do like Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I do like the scene where you're like think it's going to be a ghost but it's actually just like the cat being a cat and <laughs>
0: yes.
2: I was like okay that's cute <laughs> <Yeah>. like
0: <laughs> This is also the Kinect movie. We haven't talked about the use mm, of the Kinect. Yes.
2: Oh, what is Kinect? I've never even
3: it heard of It was an Xbox this.
0: gaming system.
3: Oh, it was the Kinect movie. Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: it was, like, designed to sort of, so it projects all those little dots of light and then detects the movements of bodies so that it can do, like, we sort of stuff. Um, And then this one, you know, is used to detect the demon a few times. But I felt like, and this is going to be weird because uh, two movies from now... I'm going to say that a similar gimmick was really overused and I hated it, but I kind of felt like it was underused in this. Like you just kind of mm-hmm. see the outline of mm-hmm. a demon a few times and it's like, okay, this is actually kind of a creepy visual seeing the dots projected over everything in the room. And then it just felt like weirdly under exploited.
2: I hated yeah. that. Did you? I hated the dots. Mm. I actually kind of appreciated
3: that effect. Um, Cause it,
1: I also really liked it. Yeah. The, uh,
3: Cause it was subtle.
2: It felt. It looked really subtle.
3: Was it subtle?
2: <laughs> see, I felt the. I, see. I felt the opposite. Cause it was just like a whole. I know, like not the ghost or the demon, but the whole room was just like constantly covered in dots every time it's dark. Well, I thought like the movement of the okay. the, the, the demon
0: was was subtle. more subtle.
2: Like, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. More subtle than in the future. Ones.
0: Right. right yes. I liked it because it was based <laughs> in some degree of reality because that's how that system actually works um, so it felt plausible as opposed to yeah again we're going to talk about something else in a couple of movies here that <laughs> felt really fucking stupid
3: right like w- imagine like being in a dark room with the connect all that stuff projecting and then seeing something very softly like move through it when there's nothing there I would shit my pants. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's
3: fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah. Feels based in reality. And again, I haven't owned a connect, so I don't know like I don't have like a personal connection to that fear, but I know it's a real thing that people do own and it's yeah, it sounds like a pretty terrifying (laughs) application (laughs) of that
1: technology. I was gonna say I thought it was kinda off putting for me in this one. The this this one was kinda the first one in the series that they do like uh the shining uh, homage. I was say. Which like real I, I just think takes you oh, out of the Oh, that's right bit. with yeah. the bike. Yeah.
0: The little bike. Yeah. yeah. With the
1: bike on the carpet. And I was just like, Well that was weird. You know, if this is found footage, I don't want you referencing <laughs> other horror yeah. movies in it. Like it was just really really bizarre to me uh them doing that yeah
0: i whenever there's like a notable reference to a film in any other film i'm always like okay one be subtle with it and two make sure you're like somewhere close to that movie's level if you're going to do that <laughs> like don't be paranormal activity 4 and be drawing attention like comparing yourself <laughs> to one of the greatest fucking horror movies from one of the greatest directors of all time like you're just you're setting yourself up for, for failure and, and making people think about your movie being even worse than they may already be thinking it is.
1: On the uh on the It's podcast, we call that the Colton rule. <laughs> that's his uh, number one rule is uh you can't reference movies better than yeah, yours. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, I thought that I thought the Colton rule was you can't reference any A twenty four movie.
1: <laughs> I'm that's probably what he means in general. <laughs>
0: But he's gonna, I better watch out. He's gonna leave me a threatening (laughs) voice. He probably will. I'm sure he will scare me.
1: Uh, I was gonna say, positive for me though, was uh, we did get just a slapper. We got Dracula in this one, putting the budget to (laughs) good use. I
2: did love their dance party. That was fun.
1: Allison loves Dracula. I don't
0: remember. Was that in this? I don't remember that. Yeah, they're dancing.
1: Okay, yeah, in the living room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, with the kid. Yeah. Which is actually now that I think about it, I didn't even have this as a note. I think this is one of the only real times in any of these movies so far that you like see anybody having like actual joy. Fun. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that's true. in this. Yeah. So that's kind of refreshing. Yeah. 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 I did think uh, you know, cuz we're dealing with teenagers and we got to see like some some rooms and stuff. I, I thought it's probably a really interesting job. I want the job where you go in to make the set look messy. You're like, I have to make this bedroom look messy. For me, it would just be me existing in it, and it would automatically turn into a mess. But uh, I just thought that would be an interesting job. That's
2: how it's set up. They set it up initially <laughs> like that. So I I don't think I ever – no, I never – basically, when I was going to university, my whole plan was I was going to go for set design, mm. which is tends to, like, just happen to be an interest that I continue. And then last minute, I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to go get a degree in psychology instead. Totally, like, you know, veer off. But yeah, so I I love set design. As
0: someone who toyed with a film major before settling on a journalism major, I relate.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: The the last note I want to make about this movie is also we have another big, like, kind of jump scary moment with the coven. And it's like, it's fine, but it's like, we already did this last time. Right. And you were like, right. okay, this worked last time. Let's just put even more witches in this time around. And I mean, it's so many. it's still spooky, but it's like, you did this already,
1: you know? I thought they were kind of like zombie looking at the end, like the ending. I'm like, oh, we're, we're – because throw- I had to note. I was like, oh, are we throwing zombies into this franchise or like what's going yeah, on?
0: Yeah. It's just – I don't know. It's the one – it it feels like the pivot point to me where it it just really feels like they're already starting to run out of ideas and that just – gets worse mm-hmm. for at least a couple movies here, which uh, uh, I, I guess is a good segue to me tipping my hand. Uh, screw it. Exilia. What is your routine
2: Definitely a screw it. Screw
0: it. Okay.
2: Yeah, Rowan?
1: Yeah, this is going to be a screw it for me also. I had two main points to screw it at. It was one, uh, there is no such thing as a teenager that thinks 38 is young. Uh, <laughs> <True>. And two... <laughs> Uh, you know, I talked about uh, the the friend slash boyfriend of Catherine Newton's character, kind of looking like this discount uh, other actor. The dad, kind of looking like a bad Ryan Reynolds lookalike. Oh,
0: okay, yeah.
1: I said he, I said he looked like Ryan Reynolds if I ordered it from Sheen.
0: <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris would say the poor man's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that's right.
1: We call we we call Big Eight around here. Big Eight, <laughs> what the fuck does that Which mean? Is, big Eight is uh, it's pop made in Atlantic Canada, oh. and it's just like rip off. It's like flavors. rip off, bring flavors oh. like Mountain Dew or orange or something. Whoa. But it's called Big Eight. Wow, and it's it's cheap, Idiot. dirt cheap. I love that. Uh, what about you, Allison?
3: I'm I'm a screw it too. It gave me nothing. Knew that I needed <laughs>
1: from this <laughs>
3: franchise.
2: Fair. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, with the unanimous screw it for Paranormal Activity 4, we'll move on to Paranormal Activity 5 2014. You know, they're giving themselves a little bit of room to really work on this one. A whole 2 years between films really this perfecting time. It. Yeah. And this time they've uh shaken things up by uh moving off of white people for the first time in the franchise. yeah We have a primarily Latino uh lead cast, group of friends who are investigating strange happenings in the apartment of a witch below them. Who who of course, turns out to be part of the Coven. Um, we yet again dig back into the whole Katie and Christie mythology, and we even tie back to Paranormal Activity 2. Uh, Allie, the daughter of the man that Rowan and I hated from Paranormal Activity 2 and Allison and Exilia felt ambivalent about, has been researching things and finds out that the Coven is trying to create an army of firstborn sons, known as The Marked Ones, which is where we get the subtitle of this movie, Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. And Jesse, one of our protagonists, is marked. Um, I think the other big notable plot note is we wind up back in the grandma's house from Paranormal Activity 3 for the climax, um, kind of go through a weird time portal, which is a interesting time new addition. Time and space addition. portal. Yeah, time and space portal yeah. for the first time in the series. And uh, we get yet another coven attack, which uh, felt overplayed in four and felt even more overplayed in this one to me. How did you all feel about the marked ones? I liked this one. I liked this one. (laughs) As
1: did I. Bring the hot takes.
0: I see, I see Ellison's look of surprise. I feel like this is the one where the opposing teams are really forming up. So hit us. (laughs) The lines in the sand. Yes, let's go. Let's fight.
1: I mean, directed by Christopher Landon. I am a Christopher Landon fan. Uh, Which so, wait, hold on. Let me, course, let
0: me pause you right there. Is Christopher Landon known for other things outside of this franchise? I'm. I'm ignorant yeah. Happy of him. Death, oh, Happy Death yes, Day. Yes,
1: uh, would be like his big yeah. one, and he did the sequel too, right? Yes, he did. Okay, yeah. And those uh, movies rule. So a fan, and he also did Freaky the with Catherine Newton. Oh yeah. Uh but yeah. So this was the first one that he directed, and I will say, super excited for him to direct Scream 7, but that also means in Scream 7, you're probably getting some time travel, (laughs) because I don't think he doesn't write about time travel. See,
2: I wasn't wasn't keen on the time travel aspect of this, because it seemed like we're adding just so many things onto the pile of the story here, but... Um, yeah, Rome was very excited about the time travel.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you I'm were into a it. For, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for just cheesy. Like, to me, I like this because I thought it was a good reset. I thought, A, like you said, Patrick, I was like, all right, enough with the white people. <laughs> like, let's do something different. And I just, this one was fun. This, this had, I mean, Christopher Landon is known for horror comedies And I was like, this is fun. It's like youthful. It's energetic. I was just like, as this series continued to go on from all the previous entries, like it just to me felt like it got sleepier and sleepier. And they just really didn't know what to do. Where even if time travel doesn't work for you, even if like the silliness doesn't work for you, like to me, I would think most people can like respect. The attempt at being like, I'm doing something totally different. Let's just shake it up a bit.
2: I was going to say, I think this could like be a standalone movie, and mm-hmm. perhaps that would be better if it were. Something I really liked about this, and it's kind of, Allison touched on it before, was like, okay, cool. It's like this like rich family in a huge house. This is in a, like apartment building, apartment complex, which I thought was a bit more interesting because if you've ever lived in an apartment building, your neighbors make noise and you can't really like just fucking like bust into their apartment to find out what the creepy noises are. Um, So I really liked the change of venue a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I came out of the gate sounding negative about this. And I mean, eh, overall, I wasn't crazy about it. But what I will give it a lot of credit for is... Again, pretty solid group of characters. I like when you give me a group of characters who feel like they're real, who feel like their relationships are real. And this one accomplished that. I was invested in these people and what they were doing. It was just they weren't doing a whole hell of a lot for most of the right. movie.
3: Yeah, I feel like it, I would have probably liked this more if it had been a standalone movie. Um, I It was just more fatigue with like people just getting fucked up. And like not having any power in the situation. Um I really liked that they brought the character from the second movie back, but also feel like that was such a wasted opportunity. It was like clearly this woman, since she was traumatized in her youth, has been doing research. And I and this is I already said this to Patrick before after we watched this. I want the fucking movie where she goes and takes down the goddamn coven.
4: Mm. Like,
3: I want that movie. She, like, why would you give us this nugget of information that, because anybody could know something about them, but she knows, she's been trying to figure it out, obviously for a reason, you know, her whole family was murdered slash kidnapped. I want that movie. So that was kind of frustrating to me. But, but instead, she's just and, there
0: to provide exposition, basically.
3: Exactly. It just it felt like such a waste, and like not like it didn't give the other characters any more power than they had before. And I don't know. I'm just tired of people just getting
0: splat. <laughs> I, I'm trying to unpack my reaction to the time travel, time slash space travel thing because obviously I've said that I like when these movies don't explain a lot and they kind of leave you with something weird and surprising like The Coven 3. But I think what bothered me about it is that it has to go back to fucking Katie and Mika again because he goes through this weird portal and winds up back at their house at the end of Paranormal Activity 1. Again, Katie collecting a paycheck to literally just walk through the kitchen and stab Mika showing us what happened at the end of 1. And and that's and that's the end. I don't know. I, I guess I would have liked it better if he went through a time and space portal to somewhere we'd never seen before. But instead it's like still this like compulsive need to tie it back to shit we've already seen. And I don't know, this is the point where I'm really starting to feel like why does this have to keep tying back to these people? Like it's paranormal activity make it an anthology series where we have mm. a different like found footage story about a different family, different weird shit happening to them each installment. I don't need all this connective tissue, which was funny cuz like when I I first brought this concept up to Chris, he was like Th- that franchise doesn't really appeal to me cuz I feel like there's not a lot linking the movies together and I was like, "Oh, dude. Um <laughs> You have no fucking idea. They're they're almost yes. too linked together.
1: Yeah. Well, I was gonna say is that that's kind of all our faults. I feel as like, you know, as fans of horror, really, because isn't this what happens if they don't link it to any of them? As <laughs> as we, is we fans, complain. Yeah, yeah. The, the, we're like, what's yeah. going on? This is a you, yeah. What what is this bullcrap like? it needs to be connected these characters need to be here and
2: the idea of an anthology series where every single one would have been different would would have been so much better and more consistent
0: that's my feeling about most of these especially horror franchises i'm just like you know halloween i i recognize that halloween 3 is not like a good movie but it's fucking weird and i love that it just did something completely different Almost completely disconnected from the first mm-hmm. two, uh, and and I sort of I would like to see that in I don't even know if there is a franchise that really does that like American Horror Story I love that series because it does something there's a totally new concept every season and that's cool. Mm-hmm. But anyways, what's uh, what what are our reviews of this? Exelia, you want to start off?
2: Sure. Well, I have one other question.
0: Yes. Ask a question. You f-
2: <laughs> I have how do you feel about the use of the Simon rather than the Ouija board?
0: Oh yeah. Oh, um, it was a fun
2: little gag to me.
0: I I
1: I really did I like the Simon. It. it was hey. fine. It was fine, yeah. They should have used that in three and uh that maybe would have women three mm-hmm. up more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. You know, a d- different gag. And it, you know what? It's a kid's toy, but it's not the typical like playing a creepy little tune while it rolls around the floor. So I I liked it as it it felt a little different. I like that.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, But back to what I would give it. um, I would give it a view it as a standalone movie. I just this was probably the one I liked the most out of the entire series. Okay. So yeah. (laughs) What
1: about you, Rowan? Yeah, I'm also going to give it a view. It this this was, I'd say this might be my favorite one of the series. Also, um, wow! How can you not love an ending where you just have a Mexican street gang shooting witches <laughs> with shotguns <laughs> and automatic rifles? And I was I was just like, this is so wild and ridiculous. I am here for it. And yeah, I just loved it I mean, I could have went on more I was going to tell you guys all about uh, my cheek But the funny thing about my cheek And I'll just leave it there uh, What about you, Patrick? <laughs> Wait, what?
2: What are you talking about?
1: That was the, the, the big quote from this one Where the guy is talking to the girl About uh, kissing his cheek And he said, oh. the funny thing about my oh, cheek Is it's above yeah. my testicles Oh yeah, I forgot
2: about that Yeah, yeah great. <laughs> or how they call it a whore home it's not a whorehouse. Whore home, yeah. make wow. this whorehouse a
0: whore home. <laughs> <laughs> I need like an embroidered pillow that says that.
3: Right? <laughs> it probably get lists. you on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. This one's kind of on the borderline for me. Like I hate to screw it, but it cue it seems too high almost. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going to like... Hitch my boat to y'all's positive train and, and give it a, a somewhat grudging cue. It. I hate what they did to the dog. Poor chavo. I'm that was, about yeah.
4: chavo.
1: poor yeah. shit. Yeah. Poor Rude. fucking chavo. He was. Well, helpless. anyone coming from the It'slays podcast knows my feeling on dogs, and I say get rid of them all. Wow. <laughs> Oh this is a cat's world. You're
0: you can like excuse bold. yourself from reviews of the last two movies. <laughs> 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 I, I might want to. <laughs> yeah. Allison, what do you uh what do you rate paranormal activity uh, the marked ones?
3: I'm so glad that everybody was fairly positive, so I don't have to feel bad about being negative. Yes, Screw queen. It. Yes, queen. Fuck it. Didn't like it.
0: Thank you for averaging out to the rating that I wanted <laughs> to give it.
3: <laughs> and it, I I wanted to like it was the thing but like by the end of it I was just like uh
0: the fatigue had set in
3: The fatigue I just want I just want somebody to have a win, you know.
0: Yeah. All right, well speaking of fatigue, let's talk about paranormal activity, the ghost dimension. Oh my god. 2015. Uh. We're back to the annual pacing of the films. This is the first of two to not include Katie Featherston in the cast, um, but it follows a family. We're we're still deep in the Katie and Christie mythology. However, the Katie and Christie cinematic universe. It follows a family who lives on the site of the house Katie and Christie grew up in, and their frankly adorable daughter Layla is slowly corrupted by Toby. Because mm-hmm. for some reason her blood is needed to like complete Toby's transformation into an actual demon. There's more portal shit. This time it opens up in the kid's room and leads back to the year 1992 with a young Katie and Christy. And for the first time in the franchise, the tagline is something like, for the first time you will see the activity. And boy you do. You see the demons thanks to like some weird camera that they find in the basement of this House that's never explained why it's really able to to view just a demon camera it's a demon camera casual i hated it i was talking about like how i thought the connect gimmick was underused and it's like again going back to the first installment of this i like that you don't see the fucking thing and in this it's just a big stupid cgi creature that gets involved in a final battle it's like in it chapter one that's what kills it. Chapter one for me is the big like CGI final battle with it, and it's like I I I, I didn't need this. I didn't need to see this. You're mm. you're stretching.
2: I found when they were outside in the bushes, it, it really reminded me of Predator. Mm. <laughs> Randomly, that's all I could think of. Because yeah, I don't know the the shape of the ghost was kind of like yeah, okay. very much like the vision of Predator.
0: Sure. Sure, yeah, I could see that.
1: Once I was about, like, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes into this, all I could think about was, uh, you know, there's a great show on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave Now. Yes. Uh, Yes. Robinson, And and all I could think of is how much I was embodying his character, Carl Havoc. Because I was just like... (laughs) I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I had a note where I was like, well, we've reached the point in this series where the ghosts now hold the camera (laughs) Uh, because we had shots where the ghost actually deals with the camera. And I, yeah, like you said, it was just, I, I just don't really get what was going on here. I mean, I do get what was going on. Um I, saw, I know that uh, Gregory Plotkin directed this, who isn't a director. He's an editor. Makes sense. Uh, who edited Get Out uh, wow. and Happy Death Day. Those are kind of his two big movies he's edited. So, you know, this is a first-time director, which then leads me to think this is probably – so much studio interference. It's, this is like the studio being like, hey, we need to see demons. We need, you know, the this is what the kids want these days. So, I, yeah, I just really didn't get anything that, that was going on with this. Like, the these movies at least, like, as they're being haunted, it, it kind of builds up and builds up. Mm-hmm. Where... I mean the first ten minutes of this movie, the family has the full proof they need this place is haunted. But, you know, as Eddie Murphy says, the white family just says, hmm, <laughs> like we're staying. Yep.
2: I have a question. Has anybody ever been dumped over email here?
1: No.
0: <laughs> no.
2: I just so the brother that came to visit, he was dumped over email. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a weird way to do with that. It's like I'm Truly. not being dumped by my boss, like yeah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, this
2: one for me was the
3: most egregious of all of them yes the the not only it's like we didn't need to see like the demon, but the effect was horrible. It was <laughs> like there was nothing scary mm. about it. It's like at least if you're gonna show me a demon, show me a fucking demon. You know, go all out. Like, I want to see the horns. I love I want that. To see
0: the- I love that you're pounding on the table and we can hear it like Saddam. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, seriously. It's like, if you're going to show that much, just like, show me what it actually looks like. You know, that would be at least potentially interesting character design.
0: Yeah, but. and you get a fucking sheet soaked with holy water thrown over it at the end. It's like, right. okay. Yeah,
3: which actually, okay. Like that. I, there were like parts of that, like, bit that I thought were kind of cool. But also, it was just like, they're so close. They're so close to. Yes, I like thought, I'm like, we finally might get it. No.
1: I'm kind of on the same page with that ending as Alice. I'm Like, I. I didn't hate the ending of, like, where it kind of goes into just, like, stereotypical horror fare. Mm-hmm. Like, we get a full-out demon. He's just, like, ripping and slashing. And I was like, yeah, that's whatever. <laughs> it, it was more th- the rest of the movie with these, like, all I could think of was uh, Before I Wake. Mm-hmm. Like, how it was, like, CGI, like, butterflies forming. Oh,
0: like, yeah, the Flanagan stuff. movie.
1: Yeah, which did, like, pretty much the exact same thing as this. The canker man. Except better. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, it, it just, it all is just, like, such a mess. I I eye-rolled I when we finally get the door to the ghost dimension. Because <sighs> I also felt that this was kind of a horror movie shout-out. Because I was like, this is very similar to like Poltergeist, yes, yep. Poltergeist. Yep. or something like that. Yep. And I was just like, why are we doing this, guys? Yep. It doesn't look good. Like, yeah, I just, this was, this was a mess. Although I do question, is it a horror movie or is it a Christmas movie? <laughs> Could become a Christmas classic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see about that.
2: This is another one where they really phoned it in on the jump scares. They're all things dropping so many times, like <laughs> five times. It, and at this point, yeah, I think like the whole movie, they're just like, don't care anymore.
0: Yeah, it's like they, they think they've done enough just creating the, the gimmick of you see it for the first time. Mm. And it's just, I don't know, it, it just feels like a tr- the, the true bottoming out of their absolute lack of ideas or creativity for this franchise i will give it a couple of, of points i think um honestly this this franchise in general has uh, pretty good luck with casting kids um the little girl in this is mm. again a, a strong kid actor and and comes off as like a real person and someone you care about and feel bad as she gets corrupted and And the camera concept is sort of cool. I liked when they opened up the camera and you could see all the weird like tech inside the camera. but mm. again, it's just like, why do we have this other than to excuse this atrocious concept of finally showing the thing that's been scary for several movies because you couldn't see it?
2: I also just again, the time travel aspect how like the one of the like Christie or or her sister, whichever one, is t- saying what she sees, and it's what they're doing in the room at that point in time. I was just mm-hmm. like, this is, this is too much. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, I, s- I see food. I see, you know. Like, I don't know TVs.
3: what the purpose of that really was, right. for them to be able to see the future. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And I swear, you know, this is a paranormal act, podcast. It's not a podcast about Rowan just talking about Christopher Landon. But (laughs) I was going to say this is where he exits the franchise where he's had his fingers in this franchise from two until the marked ones Mm. where he's been writing these. Mm. So this is all kind of his design and that's where I was like, you can tell the – because this has, like, five writers on it. Mm. And I was like, you could tell they just had no idea where to take the time travel stuff, how to work it out, or, like, even how to make it, like, silly, like the marked ones. And, you know, I'm sure they were like, oh, we'll take the serious spin. Because I found, like, you know, we were talking about – I did think, like, seeing the inside of the camera was cool, but we're, you know – we're looking at the camera that was in a box of videos with our family from the 80s that we visited in 3, but this camera wasn't in 3, but apparently they had this camera. Right. So they it doesn't make any right. sense, because in 3, they should have been seeing the demons if they had this demon-looking camera. Yep. So just a mass really yeah. full
2: disclosure i was falling asleep for the last 15 minutes of this and rowan just kept <laughs> r- repeatedly like hitting my knee to try to like keep me up at s- <laughs> like 5 second intervals
0: wait wait yeah. yeah so actually and this is this is a good juncture to ask a question i've been wondering about for the past 2 hours so y'all watched paranormal activities what four through seven in the last 24 hours what was that yeah. Like? yeah
2: less than yeah yeah
0: so how did that break down like when did you sleep
2: at like three o'clock this morning okay
0: so you and how many did you watch before three o'clock this morning two we
2: watched two of them
0: and then you watched two this like afternoon yes today. okay yeah. okay okay that's yeah. not too bad
2: we we were got well.
0: <laughs> it was a lot.
1: You're like, yeah, it was pretty bad, actually. <laughs> and Exilia keeps saying that I, I woke her up. I was more just concerned for her health because they did bring Bloody Mary back in this <laughs> one, so Uh-oh. I wanted to make sure she didn't pass Uh-oh. it. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's let's put this one to bed. Allison, would you view it, cue it,
1: or screw it?
3: Screw it. Okay. Uh, Rowan. <laughs>
1: Wouldn't I be an asshole if I just viewed it just to be a dick?
0: <laughs> you would. It would. It would be like big. I mean, honestly, that's just yeah. big. Aim on energy.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, this is a screw it. it this is this is the worst of the franchise. Like they, this had no. This shouldn't have been cleared by Blumhouse, but you know, I they they love money, or it's Paramount by now. Yeah. So this is Paramount. Paramount wants their money. So yeah. Screw this. Uh, Exilia, what about you? Uh,
2: Yeah, definitely screw it. It, it, It's, according to me, in my humble opinion, the worst in the franchise.
0: Yeah, I will agree with that wholeheartedly. Another big screw it. Um, Lame. Lame. Bad choices. Snoozer. Snoozer. All right, so let's bring it home. Uh, Finally, they took a little break (laughs) of six years. Uh, before putting out the, as of now, final installment in the franchise, Paranormal Activity, Next of Kin. And this one really shakes it up. Uh, we There's no Katie in this movie. Really only mm, kind of shreds of connections to the franchise in general. It it may as well be a standalone movie. We've got a new protagonist named Margot, who was abandoned at birth and she is making a film because, of course, you got to have somebody to film this shit to investigate her family history. She goes to uh, what appears to be an Amish farm after doing some 23andMe shit and finding out she has a relative there. Um, She finds out her mom had sex with someone from outside the community and gave up her child rather than have it turned over to... The community. One of the big twists is the community is not actually Amish. They've been passing the demon from mother to daughter over many years, and they want to perform a ritual to transfer it to Margot. Um, this demon is Toby, but it's really not explicitly stated in the movie. Um, it's referred right. to as Asmodeus, um, but if you kind of dig into the lore, it is the same demon. It's still Toby. We find out that Margot's mom is now some freaky fucking emaciated golem creature who lives at the bottom of a pit in a church. And um, I, I'm just kind of rolling through all the spoilers on, on these right at the top. Um, Margot escapes in the end, but the demon gets out wreaks havoc on the farm, possesses Margot's relative and goes out into the world to start shit. How did we feel about this movie that just, you know we've I, at least some of us have complained about uh, just rehashing a lot of the same material, um, the same family, the same story. How did we feel about just throwing all of that out the window and doing something pretty new?
3: i will I will definitely give it props for just uh, one doing something so different, going very bonkers. Like not just a little but bo- very bonkers, um refreshing. Uh, it feels like somebody from the paranormal activity team found this script and was like, what if we bring this into the franchise? That's like, so
1: accurate. After I didn't the think fact, of that, but that's probably mm. very, very accurate. Yeah, Th- this is a Christopher Landon's script. Oh, okay, it. so maybe what? not
0: then. So he
1: he what? returned, but I I kind of suspected. I was like, you know, he's only a writer on this. Uh, I I think he might have got producing credits on Ghost Dimension, just you know, obviously he's got his claws in this franchise. And by this time, I mean Christopher Landon is a big deal. I was like, There's no way this isn't a script that he had written, you know, and it was in his drawer yeah. and he's like, Yeah, I'll tell you this. <laughs> that's what that's the and, vibe that it's yeah. giving. Yeah. But uh I was gonna say, like, I, I thought this was pretty competent. Um this one is directed by William Eubank, who did Underwater, a very little scene, but uh, really fantastic underwater horror movie. That's basically just Alien underwater, featuring Kristen Stewart. Oh um, yeah. Oh, I should watch that. So, yeah, I uh, you know I, I I thought it was good. <laughs> now my question of is this found footage? I I kind of question that a bit. Um. Because mm-hmm. I, I was kind of curious what you guy, what your opinion is on that. To me, I just don't think we. I don't think I'm mentally prepared for a time where found footage is this true crime Netflix documentary style of shooting. Mm. I mean, like, I that think makes sense to me, though. I know, but I'm just old. It's got to look like VHS like to me, yeah. like or. Yeah, or even, like, webcam stuff, like Unfriended or something fun like that. I was just like, this just doesn't look found footage. And there was legit scenes that that totally threw that out the window. Like, when we have Margot, like, kind of confronting her mom at the top of the barn there... Someone is holding the camera, and there's only two of them there, and they're in the frame of the camera. Right. So they've already broken it out of that. You know, I had said to Exilia, like, uh, the music isn't always diegetic in this, so we're breaking the mold with that. There's there's uh, jump they, scare
0: stings all the time when somebody shows up, and it's like, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, the camera placement and, and number of cameras in the room is... is yeah, not in keeping with the found footage aesthetic. Like, especially the dinner scene comes to mind for me where there's so many cameras mm. doing so many things, and it's like, uh, are are you still expecting me to believe that this is one or two people running a camera? Right. I, and I don't know what the intention is because I think they just expect you not to care, actually. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It is weird that it exists, Even even those kind of strange crossovers into the non found footage world aside it is weird to like see found footage crossing into this era where like you know olivia rodrigo's new video was shot on like the new iphone and you can make a good fucking looking movie with the camera that's in your pocket sometimes it's a weird moment where like you you can make found footage but it kind of doesn't look that different in some ways from anything else. Or you've got a lot of slow-mo in this movie too, you know? And there's like mm. even an explanation within the story yeah. for that a couple of times. But then the moments where it like all of a sudden Zack Snyder's as like Margot's mom, you know, like <laughs> rips a dude's, I don't know, heart <laughs> out or whatever is just like, w- why? I, I don't know. Like either, like just pick a, pick a side, like make a found footage movie or don't at this point. Right.
2: With that camera thing, I feel like it was both over and underused. Yeah. Because it was set up and they did the explanation in that way, I feel like it was underused because it was then and then, like, basically at the end. But also, why even
1: have that? Yep. Yep. I'm with you. This is the kind of chaos I like, though. (laughs) Because I I did make it seem like I was like, oh, you know, this movie. But you know what? I'm all for, like, just... People being like, I, I don't really care about found footage rules, fuck it, let's just <sighs> be chaotic, and, uh, you know, I don't know if this is giving away my rating, but, like, I, I thought it was, the story was pretty strong, mm. like, it kept my interest, I, I think... You know, uh, I think it's almost unfair this is in the Paranormal Activity franchise because I think this is better than any movie in the Paranormal Activity franchise because it's not really (laughs) like I just think if this was its own thing, like this is a movie I would have enjoyed watching and wouldn't have
0: regretted it. I I I feel
1: the same way.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on like it being in this franchise is basically a disservice <laughs> yeah. to the film, and not you know whatever. It's not a great movie, but it's kind of better than being associated with this franchise of what yeah. I see as diminishing returns up to this point.
2: I think even the acting, this was actually like decent acting. Where mm-hmm. sorry, I know you love the first one, but the <laughs> acting was terrible. Like. <laughs> Yeah, if you compare just even the first and the last, it's, like, totally, totally different movies. Like, totally went, like, left field. Mm. And I think the story kind of went like that, too, because basically the demons, like, handed off through uh, men or whatever, like, associated with possessing men. Um, And now it's women randomly, kind of, like... Yeah. That where did that come from? Like that's not that's actually the opposite of the lore. I was kind of confused about that part.
0: Oh, the lore falls the fuck apart. Yeah. yeah. It's like like a fucking wet piece of toilet paper. Like it just Yeah. <laughs> movie to movie it's it's inconsistent.
3: Right. Most. And yeah. also it's the same demon, supposedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but it's been in this woman for a couple of decades mm. Yeah, that's while still wreaking havoc on other families. Like, yeah, it just doesn't belong in the franchise with it. Not like separating it from the franchise. I also don't think it's a great movie. It's not my type of horror film personally, um, but like, yeah, there was like some solid parts to it. Even if I was like, by the end of it, I was like, God damn it. Just another (laughs) bleak ending, (laughs) which I know it's horror, but like horror can have not happy endings, but like, you know, you just want somebody to like figure out. I mean, at least, least, you know, Margot escapes only to be traumatized and potentially (laughs) chased down by this demon for the rest of her life
0: yeah she has some See, I'm- Sally in Texas chainsaw Massacre energy at the end of this
2: I'm totally opposite i for I hate things that end up happy
0: mm. just
2: in general it doesn't even have to be horror like I would rather really hate happiness. I hate <laughs> happiness I don't like romance like I just yeah <laughs> so I'm completely opposite
1: I was gonna say I do like lo- I did like that... I felt this movie also gave me my two icons of this whole franchise. One is Dale. Dale, Dale was yeah. great. Dale. They Dale did Dale
3: the yeah. dirty. That made me so mad.
1: He, sh- they should have kept him alive so they can make like five more. Right. Of these. I, I think Exilia Two. I was sold when he couldn't do something because he had his camis on. He I'm saying cam-y. that all the time now. Also,
2: what was the joke about the pig butt? He was like, "Nice." Yes, I was like it made no. <laughs> I was
0: like what? I wrote that down. He said, "Do they all have nice butts like that?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pig fetishist and is then, maybe his one sin as a character. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: And then my other icon was uh, the father Jacob. Because you know Jacob was trying to play it all conservative, but once he got in that camera, I saw the twinkle in his <laughs> eye. I said exactly like he's ready for like a role in like a like a Real housewife show or something. Yeah, he, he was working the camera. Yes, he and he was. loved it.
2: <laughs> he looks like yeah, little th- lad, like the berries and cream little lad. Uh, oh yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although it's really hard whenever you have anything that deals with this, like you know, like old. You know, for most of the movie, they think they're on-ish. But I'm like... Can we not just every role just cast Ralph in Because the whole time I, I was just like waiting for him to go, Thomas. In. Dude, yeah. Yes.
3: Thomas you know, the funny thing about, I'm so glad later they were like, they're not actually Amish because one of the things that drove me crazy from the get-go was that they did not have, they had like contemporary accents. Mm-hmm. And when you meet Amish yeah. people, they don't sound like us. They have an accent. And so, like, that drove me crazy. I was like, all right. I know it's, like, a weird attention to detail, but this is totally
2: taking me out of
3: it because they just all sound very contemporary.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And in that, too, um... This is the kind of horror movie I like. It op- also, opposite. Um, I love any like cult horror movie.
3: Mm.
4: So
2: I, w- I was here for it. Cults scare the fuck out of me in a very real mm. way. So me I too. That's why don't, I love it. Don't <laughs> I I love too how um, Margot asked the girl. Oh, uh, did you make that dress? And she's like, No, I got it at Walmart. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, that was good. We. we have like a very big mennonite community here randomly Mm. and back in high school so our mall is like non-existence like a ghost town but back in when we were in high school it would be like the place to be and you'd always see the mennonites Mm -hmm. there just like shopping so it reminded me of that Mm. yeah i grew up in an area where there was a pretty
3: significant amish population Mm. very close and like my local small town Kmart, we would see Amish people yeah. in there all the nice. time.
2: Yes, all <laughs> the time. It's like they had nothing else that they were doing. Probably not, though. <laughs> Lots of work. But. Yeah, <laughs> true.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like my comments on this have been mostly negative. But I mean, I, I enjoyed this. To a degree, it's it's certainly original within the context of the franchise. Um, it had characters that I enjoyed. Dale, poor man's Adam Driver. Ugh. you know what? Maybe the middle class man's Adam Driver. <laughs> middle class. man. I like yeah. that. He's very accessible to us in the middle class.
1: I thought this was the best ending.
0: It's a good ending. I, I like, I, I, I like I, Toby escaping out into the world yeah. and just fucking wreaking absolute havoc on his way. Yeah.
1: The, the chaos was amazing, like, I felt, like, the, just the freneticness of it, and just, like, there's you know, people on fire, yeah. and it's just, I'm like, yeah, this is what a demon, even if, you know, when the mom came out of the, uh, the hole, I did, you know, I was getting a little barbarian vibes going yeah. on, yes. but... Yeah. I thought of that too. I, yeah, I, I just, I was like, this is a way to end a movie. Like, let's, th- I'm all here for it. And you know what? I, I
0: like the ratchet down the well too. I like the little harness that you get into and get ratcheted down the well. That
1: was,
3: that was,
0: maybe really under stressful. <laughs> really like,
3: stressful. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was stressful, but I felt like it could have, you could have gone even harder on the stress of that. But it was, it was still a good gimmick that I don't know if yeah. I've seen that specifically before.
2: I did like how there were the drawings and stuff on the floor in the church, and then that's what mm. happened. It kind of, it, it reminded me a lot of, like, Midsummer. Yeah. That's what I said um, to Patrick when we were watching yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> now, definitely not done as well, obviously, but I no. do like that a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. I was going to say, when uh, when Chris, like, goes down into the well, also I thought was, like, a very high point of the score. The music they played was... A plus, Mm. A plus. I I really took note of, uh, you know, not diegetic music going on there. And they had an actual, like, throbbing, like, almost Carpenter-esque score Mm. going on as he descended. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yeah, this is, you really could have just ignored this being found footage and shot it as a normal movie. And I'd be cool with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like the point where I'm like frustrated that they didn't just do that sooner, like make movies that are this disconnected from the main thread mm-hmm. sooner in the mm-hmm. franchise.
2: A part I really love, too, is when she goes up to that old woman in the chair and she's just fucking, like, taking the potato peeler to her hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, that
3: her. That was awful.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> and again, tapping into a super common fear, like, any time. I mean, I have fucked my hand up with a peeler yeah. before. And it I was. always fear that I'm going to do it more. But just to sit there and fucking, like, pff, pff, on your thumb yep. over and over again. Ugh. Mm. Nasty. Yeah,
2: that's... Ugh.
0: All right, Rowan, would you view, cue, or screw paranormal activity next of kin?
1: Yeah, this is like a, a high, high view it. If there's anything higher than view it, I probably would have given oh, wow. it that. uh, You know, I said Mark ones was probably my favorite of the franchise. Because, uh, like I said before, I don't really even consider this part of the franchise. I'm just going to call this next of kin, and I'm just going to ignore the paranormal <laughs> activity. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I vibed with it. I thought this was pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, maybe next time I'm on the podcast, I will just get a giant Christopher Landon tattoo or something <laughs> of his face because uh, I am definitely be, should be paid by him uh, for just chilling him out like this. Uh, what about you, Allison?
3: Before this conversation, I would have given it a screw it. After this, I would give it a cue it. Because, well, Progress. I didn't consider myself having a great time watching it. Um, looking back, I can see some stronger
1: aspects of it. So uh,
3: I'll give it a cue.
1: You came up on it. I'll let Paramount know their money with. Uh, <laughs> with they good places. Uh,
3: Patrick, what about you? <laughs>
0: First, I'm I'm surprised that you were thinking about a screw it because my impression was that you really enjoyed this when we watched it. So I, I didn't really? realize you had yeah you had that bad of a time with it. I'll also give it a cue it though. Um, it's yeah. yeah. If it wasn't part of this franchise, it would probably be a different. Actually, no, it wouldn't be a different story. I'd still give it a cue it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just the weird, the uneasy relationship between found footage and not found footage is mm yeah disorienting for me but it ha- it has its strengths there was there was a lot that i enjoyed about it so i'll give it a cue it how about you exilia
2: yeah i'm gonna give it a view it pretty much what you were saying like i think that the franchise would be so much stronger if everything was this good and this like isolated within itself I, yeah, there's some weird, like, plot things that don't really mesh, but, oh, well, I can overlook that, especially after sitting through all the other movies that, yeah. I think this one, yeah, may have been my favorite, but it's like Rowan. I don't even really associate it with Paranormal Activity because it seems just so different, but, yeah, so view
0: it. All right. Well, we have now reviewed every Paranormal Activity movie ever, y'all. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And before we adjourn, as I, as I said at the top of this, I'm curious about your ratings for the franchise as a whole. View it, cue it, or screw it on this franchise. Allison and Rowan both look contemplative right now. Does anybody just <laughs> have a rating right off the shoot from the hip? Just one ready to go?
2: This is like if someone said, should I watch the entire franchise of Paranormal Activity?
0: Exactly. Like, would you recommend this activity (laughs) that we've just done? And it doesn't have to be in the same time period. Like, you know, if they want to take a year to do it, whatever. But like, would you say, yeah, go check that franchise out? Or like, maybe think about it. Or like, fuck, no, don't do that.
2: I'd say screw it. Sorry. No. Just
3: overall. (laughs) I'm also a screw-it on watching the whole franchise. I feel very bad about dragging everyone into this. Because this was my idea.
4: <laughs>
3: and about halfway through, I was like, oh, oh boy. Why did I do this again?
2: That's okay. I was a willing participant. So.
0: I will also give the franchise as a whole a screw-it. Even though there are a few in here that are highlights. Honestly, I would never... I even though I've given view to a couple on here, like gra- grading on the curve, I would never recommend frankly, that anybody watch any movie from this series, except the first one.
4: Mm. Um,
0: and I, I expressed as much to Allison along the way. I was like, I hate doing this. I'm really going to enjoy like recording the podcast and like hanging out with Rowan and Xelia and you, but nah, fuck this. This was bad. It might actually be <laughs> the worst franchise watch that I've done so far. Actually. Well, no, the exception of with the exception of Friday the thirteenth, which we didn't do an exe- uh an episode on, but that's a bad franchise. Rowan, view it, cute or screw it to the paranormal activity franchise. Just when I
1: thought we we were good friends <laughs> and you gotta you gotta talk trash about Friday the thirteenth. Listen, like that. Jason
0: takes Manhattan rules.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that one. That's my favorite. Yeah. Okay, well we can we can uh, still
0: bro out on that then.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, this is gonna be a screw it. Uh I mean like I said, I there there was really only, like, two that I viewed it on, and it, those were, like, the outliers of the whole franchise, and they pretty much didn't seem like they were part of mm-hmm. it. Uh, so I, I just – I don't really care about this. I think there's better found footage movies you can watch. And, yeah, this is – to me, like, there's just better franchises you can go through. You know, like you said, I was on your guys' – a Nightmare on Elm Street one. And when I look at that, like, even the bad movies, like, there's, like, some fun in all mm-hmm. of them. Where this, it it was just, like, dreading. Like, oh, my God, this is only an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> I, like, it seems like I've been here forever. Yes. So, yeah, I just, I feel like this isn't going to bring anything to the table that you couldn't get somewhere else. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be a screw it for me. All right. Well... We
0: thought that we were going to have, uh, you know, a, a feud here, but in the end, we've agreed on this franchise, unanimous screw it to the Paranormal Activity <laughs> Franchise. <laughs> so before we wrap up this little journey, uh I will just remind you, as always, to check out our social media. We are at Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N cast, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can check out our broken website that Chris keeps saying he'll fix. We're all wondering if that will ever happen. Uh in the meantime, you can see its current state of disrepair at every horror movie on Netflix.com. And you can click on the link to the merch store there to buy t-shirts and other goods and sundries with Amon art on them. And lastly, please review us on your podcast provider of choice. We love to see the feedback, and it helps people find the show. Oh, I said that was lastly. It's actually not lastly. Please also check out our Discord if you want to talk about horror movies. Uh, the podcast, movies we review on the podcast, or just horror in general with other fans from around the world. We have a really lovely uh, community out there, and we'd love you to be part of it. Rowan, would you like to give the quick pitch for It Slays? What is this podcast all about? How do people find it? How can they connect with you guys?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, we're pretty much on the same level. We're reviewing horror movies. Yeah. Uh we have a bunch of different shows on the go. So we have a bunch of different content you can go to. Uh, and, you know, we're on Apple, Spotify, basically anywhere. YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on all the different social medias. Uh, you name them Facebook, Twitter. I, we're on everything. Slasher, Tumblr, Blue Sky, Threads. And, you know, all all of it. We're there. Uh, but, yeah, you can go uh, and listen to us. Just review whatever on our main show. Uh, You know, usually once a week, once every two weeks, we also have now Slame, which Colton hosts usually I'm on. And that's where we review movies that come out like that day in the theater, we go see them and then come back with our initial thoughts. Uh, And you can also go to our Patreon, uh, so patreon.com slash itslayspodcast, and uh, Jill hosts a show on there, Stream Screams, and that's where we go on Tubi and actually purposefully look for the worst horror (laughs) movies possible to watch, and hate ourselves, (laughs) and then record episodes talking about it. So kind
0: of like this episode.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like this. Uh, maybe even worse. Uh, I don't have as much fun, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all our stuff. It's Lee's Podcast. Just
0: Google it. And depending on when I get this episode out, I will either have recently been on or will soon be on an episode where I will review Van Helsing with you guys. Yeah,
1: that's good. That'll be out in like uh, like two weeks, man, like two, three weeks, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, depending on when
0: this comes out, it might be a very different time <laughs> element. That's like uh, we're, we're going through the time portal in the ghost dimension right now to figure out when this episode's going to come out.
1: And I was going to say, even though Exilia's not always on the podcast, I'm sure, uh, you know, if, if she wants to plug it, she is going to be on its Lays Podcast again uh, this oh, month.
0: What are you going to be? what are, Do what are I you want reviewing? to plug it? Yeah. What are you reviewing? Uh, yeah.
2: One of the Halloweens. I I forget what number we're on now, but I've we're on, we're on Halloween five. Oh, oh my gosh! It's been a while. So that's something we started when I was on the podcast originally, um, and then every Halloween. I mean, ha- Halloween's like Christmas, right? So every Halloween, I go on and do another Halloween. So if it's we'll Halloween, it, it must be it. Halloween. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: What's your favorite one so far?
2: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Probably, what's the one where the hospital and Ben Tramer like gets killed? Two, two, two. yeah.
1: You, you really like three. Also, okay. I think you gave that like a
2: slay. Maybe I don't remember, but uh,
1: three
0: is a legitimate it- take. Two is
1: Crazy Town. Two is actually also my favorite Halloween. <laughs> what? So what? Yeah, it's
2: two. Which is the one with um silver shamrock?
0: That's three. Yeah, that's three.
2: Yeah, okay. I love that one. Also,
1: wait, yeah. how
0: does the fucking yeah. song? Two go? is the
1: two is Halloween. Two is the uh, Friday the Thirteenth of me coming out. So
0: <laughs> as of as of when we're recording this, twenty eight days till Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Twenty eight days till Halloween. Silver shamrock. Okay, I need to fucking put a fork in this. Thank you all so much for joining us for this crazy-ass journey. Thank you uh, to everyone listening. Thank you to the three of you for, for doing this crazy shit. For every horror movie on Netflix or every horror movie on A24 or every horror movie, paranormal activity movie ever or whatever the fuck we're doing at this point, I'm Patrick.
2: I'm Allison with a
0: Y. I'm Rowan. I'm Xylea. Love you all. Happy Halloween. Goodbye.